You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at SBTSongs or check us out at ChrisBlair.com. Hey guys, Chris Blair here, and this is another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. If you listened last week, we had my buddies Halfway to Hazard on, and you probably heard them talking about how they started their career out touring with Tim McGraw and everything that Tim and Faith have done for them. So I thought it would be fitting this week to sit down with the original drummer for Tim McGraw and the Dance Hall Doctors, Mr. Randy Davis. I took a trip back to close to my hometown in Peebly, Missouri, where Randy now lives. And like I said, he was Tim McGraw's first drummer, spent years on the road playing for other iconic artists, as well as uh, just a history of music in his family. He's gonna talk about what his dad has done and just all kinds of cool things. Um, He's gonna talk about stories from the road in that perspective that we had not had on the podcast yet. The downsides and best parts of touring, how he now operates his dad's business, Jeans Country Club, uh, where songwriters and artists come to play in Peebly, Missouri. Randy also owns a production company of his own. He writes songs and continues to show his passion for music through his business and connections in the industry. Um, Loved hanging out with Randy. It's a very cool club that he's got and uh, you're gonna hear some really cool stories. So he still comes to Nashville every now and then and uh, he loves country music and talks about how country music has been in his life forever. So check this out, it's a great episode. Also remember to check us out on YouTube, like us on Spotify, send this to all your friends. It's you listening that allow us to continue to do this. So we really appreciate the support. Let's get to it. Here is my buddy, Randy Davis. Hey, everybody. This is another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. And I took a little road trip and I am in Peevely, Missouri today with Randy Davis. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Chris. Man. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, I, this is, this is my stomping grounds where I grew up. Uh-huh. And, um, thank you for sitting down. I, I, I told you I've wanted to sit down with everybody that I can in the music industry to tell stories behind the songs and what happens behind the scenes. Sure. And when I, uh, when I met you, man, um, you know, just the stories are incredible. Uh, you were Tim McGraw's first drummer started, started original the drummer with, uh, Tim when he moved to town, uh, he moved in and actually we became roommates and, uh, I was playing with Alan Frizzell at the time. Yeah. And just came back from Canada and met Tim at the Shoney's there on DeMombrian. Yeah. Right down there. And uh, he was having lunch with my father, Gene, and a lady from Monroe, Louisiana. They came up to uh, bring Tim to town and introduce him to around. So that's when I met Tim, and uh, he became my roommate. And uh, I'd say about a year later when he got the record deal and we put the band together, the Dance Hall Doctors. Yeah. And uh, so I was with him about two years before the big Indian outlaw came. I first single, first album. And uh, so I couldn't wait around for his superstardom. You know, I had a family <laughs> to feed. So I went on. I, I was a drummer at trade. So uh, I had to keep pounding the road and 
you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So, well, before that, let's go back and uh, just tell tell me how you got into music because your dad, uh, you told me about your dad and uh-huh. everything he did. Um, so, you know, you were around this. Yeah, yeah I was kind of born in it. My father, Gene, uh, is originally from St. Louis, and he did the music scene here when he got out of the Navy for three or four years and did everything you could do. His mom, I mean, my mom and him went to Los Angeles in 53 and dad started playing music out there. Eventually, uh, they give him credit for pioneering the West coast sound. You know, he, uh, Ralph Mooney and my dad and the L.A. scene were a big, big item. And uh, dad, he uh, was the band leader at the Palomino Club, uh, largest club out there, you know, and yeah. world famous now. But he was there for about eight years. So when I was born, I was kind of right in the mix of everything. I grew up basically in country music out there. Yeah. And... uh so when I was, I would say, 18, 19, I started touring with a band called Brush Arbor that took me to Nashville. And we, we were nominated for Vocal Group of the Year and the AMs, ACMs and things like that. So I'd, I've been into music all, all my life, really. Yeah. But I give mainly the credit growing up with my dad. You know, if it wasn't for him, I, there would not have been a lot of opportunities like if I was just a boy from uh, Kansas. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and now we're back here in, in, uh, in Peebly uh-huh. and, uh, and you run this place, which I love. We, you know, we told you that first time I came in here, I was like, this is my kind of place, man. Just, um, so, you know, we're here at Jean's country club. Right. And, um, tell me about, tell me about this. Cause you, you open up and you've, I mean, you just had Kev Moe here not too long ago. You've got uh, some great talent that comes Mo to Mo Pitney these. was here last Friday. But this is, little place has become legendary over the over the years. It was opened first in 76. My dad came back here. Like I said, he was a Missouri boy. He, him and mom kind of semi-retired, bought this place from my uncle and built this club. And since then, you know, uh, like I said, it's kind of legendary in this part. We've had... A lot of great legendary entertainers over the years that knew my dad and then through me. We, But we've only been open like on Friday and Saturday nights, but I've cut it down to just Saturdays. And uh, it's just loved by everybody. And, yeah. you know, the younger people come in because, like, you can look around and see the stars that knew my dad on the wall and the, the old booths. It's, so for the young people... It's, you know, like they go, well, this is retro, you know. They, yeah. So they, but uh, we'll have a dance tonight. And uh, we're coming back. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a good time. And I hear it's your birthday. So, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This week was my birthday. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll uh, celebrate. All sing. right. We'll definitely sing to you. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. <laughs> um, Talk about uh, talk about life on the road. You know, that's that's one of the things that we haven't been able to really explore on this podcast yet. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I I spent long time on the road when I had my band together. And, and you know, and I've I've gone out with some some friends and, you know, uh-huh. I know I know how grueling and fun it can be. So that's the hardest part is the, 
traveling. Yeah. It's, you know, playing for an hour, hour and a half. That's it's over with, and then you're back on the bus or in the van and the trailer, what, however you travel. Yeah. But I've done both. I, talking about Tim, when uh, I put the band together with him, we were we were in a uh, van and trailer, just going all over. And uh, Curb Records put a stop to that because they didn't want their new star perishing in a a van with you know. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've done both. When I was uh, younger, I started out on the road with Brush Arbor. They were on Capitol Records. And we traveled in the van, and it was kind of grueling, and we had two vans. And, and then later on, uh, I would say in the 90s, I worked for David Frizzell for a long time, and luckily he had a bus. <laughs> yeah. So once you get on the bus, it, you know, it kind of spoils you from riding in comfort, you know. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I love the road. I, I'm going to... I consider myself an old veteran road dog. I've been everywhere in the United States, Europe, and Canada, and things like that. Things I probably wouldn't have got to do if I'd have been in another type of business, maybe besides a truck driver. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's uh, it was real satisfying. And later on, you know, talking about the bus. Uh, I'd say in 2007, I kind of retired from the road. I had back surgery and kind of took a year off. And then I uh, started driving buses. I drove for Daryl Singletary and Earl Thomas yeah. Conley and uh, David Still. So uh, I wish I would became a bus driver because I used to travel many miles just to go play drums for half the money but it was a re rewarding uh, career you know as far as satisfactionally I got to do musically what I wanted to do Yeah, and uh, being like I said a side man and a drummer you have to work for artists and it's, being a drummer especially you have to be in a band you, know? yeah. you can't just go out and really do any solo stuff yeah, but uh, I enjoyed it over the years. I'm, I'm fully, I'd say, semi-retired now. I own this place, and I've got a RV park here, and I'm. Uh, this is this has always been home where I'd come for Christmas and Thanksgiving. But I've been back here since, I'd say, 2010, 11 now, yeah. permanently. But I lived in Nashville for many years, and I love Nashville. If I if I had to move anywhere, I'd be back to Nashville. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I love, I love it there. Uh -huh. What's your best road uh, road story? There's got to be some some crazy stories from the road. Oh uh, well, uh, oh so many. I know. <laughs> I could probably pick out some ones I could talk about, and uh, some that you can't, <laughs> and some of I can't. Yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, road stories. Um, trying to think of something that's. You know, the the worst thing about the road is if your transportation. Uh, we always had good luck, you know, traveling. And uh, but, you know, I've been I remember talking about Tim now. He uh, we had the van and trailer. And it was his first time on the road. He was 
right out of the chute green, you know, yeah. making his second trip. Well, his father, Tug, bought us a van and trailer, ran perfect until we went out on the road, and then flat tires and things like that. And my buddy John Marcus has pictures of Tim with the tires on the side of the road, you know. Mm. Little things like that, you know, you remember. And then, But there's just been so so many different places I've been, I'd have to just narrow it down to a memory of a town or something yeah. like that. What do you think the uh, the coolest place that you ever got to go to and play was? You know, I love everything in the in the states, but I I did a couple of uh, USO tours, mm-hmm. and there I got to see the pyramids and all of Europe and the Sinai Desert and just. I really enjoyed that, you know, getting to play music and seeing the sights, which I n- never thought I'd really go visit. Yeah, know, Things sure. like that. My favorite place uh, that I ever played personally would have been in, it was uh, for the government. It was down in the Sinai Desert where I wouldn't go now, you know, in these days yeah. of time. But I got to go there in the Sinai Desert and do some shows for the troops and uh, snorkel in the Red Sea, things like that. You just, you know, uh, but that's, uh, you know, playing the Grand Ole Opry and think, you know, you compare that, which is cooler, you know. Yeah. uh, Snorkeling in the Red Sea or playing the Grand Ole Opry. I'd probably take the Grand Ole Opry, you know, just because that's a, you know, good honor to get to play where the greats have played Absolutely. things like that yeah but i'm uh i'm kind of done with the road if i was a younger man i'd be right back out there yeah you know i i mean forever that's what i did and and enjoyed it uh but i'm enjoying my life right now my son helps me here at the club yeah and uh, we have great bands that come in and out, and we have artists from Nashville periodically. And uh, so the road uh, is tough, and some musicians, you know, they they just can't do it. And it depends on your relationship. You you know, I was always married and on the road. Uh, once I was in my late twenties things like that. And it's kind of tough on the family and everything, yeah. but, uh, my dad, he, he wasn't on the road much. He, when he left the Palomino club in North Hollywood, he went to work for Roger Miller during Roger's heyday and was on the road, but he always had the good gigs in Los Angeles and the top band. And so he didn't have to tour, you know, he, he had a recording career, but even if he had a 45 or a record coming on the charts or whatever, he just never seemed to let go of his, what he had in Los Angeles, you know, yeah. and everybody else did, you know, they, they all went out there and beat the road. And a lot of the people that's played for him over the years became big stars, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah, Dad never really did the road much besides with Roger. When we lived in Nashville in the 
I would say, 66, 67, we moved there. I was in junior high. Dad did the road a little bit with Jeannie Seeley and Leroy Van Dyke. He was a guitar player, too. So, and But Dad's main thing was uh, he was known as an entertainer, songwriter, mm -hmm. and band leader. His bands were, you know, he was the first to win the Academy of Country Music of Band of the Year. Once he left the Palomino, Buck and Merle kind of took over and had the hits, and that's where... Everybody gives credit for the what they call the West Coast sound. Yeah, and they, they helped that with their with their songs and recording. But before that, it the West Coast sound was being right there in Los Angeles. I consider. You yeah, know? I always I hate to say this, but you know they said it comes from Bakersfield. I said, oh, that's just a few pickers that couldn't afford rent down in Los Angeles, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm probably wrong about that. I was just a kid, you know. So, but right now uh, I'm content being off the road. Uh, I still uh, own a little production company that I do some recording. And uh, I'm a songwriter myself, but... Uh, Country music's changed so much, and I own two or three publishing companies with great catalogs, but it's at this point in time, I it's hard pitching to some of the newer acts. Yeah. You know, because they're, they're writing their own stuff. They are, yeah. And uh, everything I've got is pretty, I would say, classic country retro kind of stuff. If it ever comes back, I'll... I'll have a gold mine. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Allclear Audio. Allclear Audio is a custom and universal in-ear monitor company based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with a storefront right here in Nashville, Tennessee, where we film the Stories Behind the Songs podcast. Allclear strives to not only be the leading provider of high-quality custom and universal fit in-ear monitors, but also leads the way in customer service and care. With custom starting at dual driver all the way to 13 drivers, there's something for everyone. Head over to allclair.com, that's A-L-C-L-A-I-R.com, and use our code SBTSONGS to receive 10% off. Thank you for the sponsorship. We love you guys at Allclair, and we hope that everyone out there listening takes advantage of this and enjoys them as well. Um. Yeah, what what do you I mean, what's your thought on the way that country music is today? It uh I would say the way I look at country music today is a lot of guys my age who grew up with Buck Owens and Led Zeppelin and being a drummer that you know, they brought it with the drums and the bass and the bigger sound. It it's more uh bigger productions. They've got rid of like the steel guitar, and I, I always said it's not a country band unless you have a steel guitar mm -hmm. in the band. You know, things like that, and um, it just uh, in the old days it seemed like all the great songwriters there was just one songwriter. Now there's four or five that write the songs. So, yeah. and it's uh, subject matter what you talk about, but I think it's uh, alive and well. Yeah. I, I have a few friends that are uh, 
still out there doing it and having some success. And I'm, I know a lot of songwriters that are uh, award winners or old buddies of mine that started in Tennessee with me and now are, you know, award-winning songwriters. Yeah. And, um, but country music today, uh, I'm a traditional country guy, but, you know, I was a, I grew up in the 70s with classic rock and things like that. When I was touring with Brush Arbor, playing with Johnny Cash and Mac Davis and all those type of people, I was, I'd rather been in uh, Humble Pie or Bad Company, you know, things <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. And that's where, where country music kind of wound up with yeah. drums and people my generation grew up to be the producers. Yeah. And... Um, so, uh, but right here at Jeans now, tonight you'll have full blown honky tonk classic country. I kind of book the bands that keep it, you know, uh, 60s to, you know, it doesn't go much past that. I have a couple bands that play what I consider new country. And, uh, and I have new artists come in. I have, uh, uh, like Mo Pitney's an up and coming artist. Mm -hmm. He's one of my favorites. Um, then I'll have some boys from Texas, like Dallas Moore, that's still out there touring and doing well. So I'm going to keep the tradition going as long as I can. And then yep. my son has grown up in the business too. So he kind of has a eye for what, you know, the tradition yeah. would be. So, but I'm going to have to come down and, visit you back in tennessee i hear that you yeah please do things going on down there we'll get together and uh we're going to celebrate your birthday tonight we are yes it's going to be a it's going to be a blast i can't wait to see uh see everybody here tonight and just you know i look around the room and it's just you know it's just the the all of the the pictures and everything uh -huh. is just it's so cool. Um, you know, it's it's got to feel real good uh, in your shoes. You know, just well, the, most of the pictures I've put up here are people that my father was associated with or played with, and me personally, people I've played with. That's what I've put up on the wall. On this side over here is kind of that little corner over there is like my. Uh, heroes people that i listen to yeah and uh but yeah a lot of the people come in and a lot of them are autographed and uh and dad over the years he's uh you know he's had johnny paycheck hank thompson the drifting cowboys uh noki edwards and a lot of his old musician friends and songwriters have played here over the years yeah and they've signed my door over there yeah and um uh, so I get a kick out of, I'd say, people under 30 that come in here and, you know, it's it's kind of inspirational for them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we stood we stood right over there uh, at the corner of the bar uh, when I met you, you know, and I just uh, I was I was blown away at these stories that you were telling and I. I sent you were talking about David. Um, 
I sent Corey Frizzell, a good buddy of mine. I sent him a text, and I was like, and "Hey, Corey's played here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He brought his little band up from Nashville on a Halloween. This has been about three years ago. Yeah, and he played Halloween night for me. And I've uh, I've known his father. Oh, since I was nineteen, I first met his dad, Alan, and David. I uh, Alan hired me to play up in Reno with them backing david that's when i first met david and alan yeah and long before Corey was born yeah and uh but i'm close family friends with the frizzells and uh and i was on the road with dave david for about 15 years but before that i toured canada and europe with alan yeah and this is uh i know all the kids i i've known several of the ex-moms and grandmas and everybody. <laughs> yeah. In fact, my half-sister is Tina Frizzell, and her mother was Betty Frizzell, David and Lefty and Alan's yeah. older sister, younger than Lefty. And uh, we didn't grow up together, but we, uh, I became good friends after I joined David and Alan in Reno. This is back in the late 70s, I'd say, yeah. long before David was you know, uh, a big star himself. He was touring with Buck Owens and people like that, but he hadn't had the big record with Shelley. And and uh, so uh, Alan Frizzell is one of my all-time favorite country singers. Mm. And uh, Alan's played here. And in fact, uh, coming up on November 18th will be 40 years. My son will be 40 years old. That tells you how old I am, but uh, I was playing drums on the road with Alan and Leona when my son was born, and they came here and did a show the day after my son was born, 40 years ago. Wow. And Leona comes back every November and does us a show here right around Brandon's birthday. In fact, she'll be here in November. Man, that's so cool. And, and so... Yeah, yeah, they spoke very highly of you. Corey texted right back, and he was like, "Love that guy. He's basically my cousin." You know, yeah. He was well, just like, yeah. Uh, Corey would be uh, not by, uh, I would say, blood related, but like I said, my half sister is full blown Frizzell. Yeah, and so I guess Corey would be my half cousin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I know I've known, you know. Uh, Corey and Jade and Tess, you know, before they were born. Yeah. You know, and uh, I knew Shelly when I lived in Nashville uh, as a kid. I guess I was about in seventh grade. We lived out there in Madison. We lived three doors down from Dottie. And one of my first little garage bands was, was with uh, Mo West, Dottie's son, uh, who's no longer with us, but... Uh, Uh, Shelly, just a little bitty girl playing in the dollhouse. Mm. And then I also, you know, I moved back to Los Angeles and grew up. And then we, she married Alan and I become friends with her. And then, you know, so it goes on and on, you know, the, the stories. And, but yeah, the Frizzells, I love them all. And they just, they treat me like family. And that's when I go down there, I visit them all the time. And yeah. so I haven't seen Corey's since about three years ago. Yeah. But, you know, I'm working on a thing. Uh, 
his older sister Tess Frizzell, who's Alan and Shelley's girl, she's out singing now, and her uh, boyfriend, I believe you, Bobby Tumberland or something. Yeah. Yeah. Tumberland, yeah. And uh, I'm going to try to get them up here and yeah. do a show. And uh, I have a lot of of the songwriters come up and do me shows. Will Nance, you probably oh, yeah. know Will. Yeah, I know Will very Max well. T. Barnes, yeah. and like I said, Leona. And over the years, I a lot of great entertainers that are mainly known as songwriters. Yeah. But they can pick and grin, too. Yep. You know, so. Yep. But uh, we'll get Corey back up, and uh, I, I should just, if I call Uncle David, I can just get the whole brew up here. That'd be brew. so cool. Yeah. 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 We'll have to make a road trip back for that. So. Yeah, we sure will. Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for sitting down. I just, yeah, it's uh, it's it's great to to sit down with a with a road guy and share, you know, kind of, you know, how. You, know, you asked me about uh, road stories. Yeah. As soon as we're done with this, you know, there'll be 15 popping in my yeah. head. I said, oh, I should have told him that, but That's we'll do right. it again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, Chris. Bef before, we, uh, before we wrap, uh, I always end on the same question. So um, uh, knowing everything that you've done, you know, and, and all the time out on the road and growing up in this, if you're able to go back to eight-year-old Randy, uh -huh. what advice do you give yourself today? Become a guitar player or a piano player. When I was eight years old, I was wanting to play the drums. You know, uh, my dad's drummer was Mel Taylor of the Ventures, who gave me my first sticks, and then the Beatles come out. I was hooked. But as a, uh, as eight years old, I give my advice, and I was around so many great guitar players growing up. My dad was a good guitar player, but I, as a kid, I knew James Burton and uh, Joe Mathis and just, I was around them all, Merle Travis as a, as a kid. I would probably said, you know, learn how to pick a little bit, you know. Yeah. Now I can play guitar, you know, I songwrite, but you know, I couldn't do it to make a living. But that's probably what I would do. I would have channeled myself being more uh, out front, you know where I could have progressed as a, maybe a, I, my claim to fame is uh, when I was in Brush Arbor, we won vocal group of the year in 1974 at the Academy of Country Music. And I was the only one in the band that didn't sing. So that's my claim <laughs> to fame. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. and I probably sang more as a kid, but I was wanting to be a drummer and I fulfilled that, you know, and, you know, but eight years old, I'd like to go back to eight years old if I knew what I knew now. You yeah. Know, but uh, I wouldn't change nothing really. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, you uh, you've had a, a great uh, great career, man. So uh, I think drums was yeah was the way I, to go. I would you know uh, uh, got to do what I did and travel on the road if I hadn't become a drummer. Yeah. And. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I don't have, uh, any regrets about anything. Yeah. You know, I miss the road and I miss the camaraderie of the, the boys in the band and things like that. But now that I own this place, I just tell them to all come visit me, you know. There you go. So, 
Yeah. But Chris, I've enjoyed you stopping by, and we'll we're going to carry on this later on. We I'll, sure are. We're going to have a good time tonight. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I have a great band tonight, uh, singers, songwriters, and uh, so uh, if anybody's out there listening to us today, uh, stop by if you're in Peebley, Missouri. We're just. 30 minutes south of St. Louis. Yeah. So. Well, we'll put the address in the uh, liner notes too. Very so everybody good. can come down and, and check it out. So I, I appreciate it, man. It's been a blast. Well, I'm glad you uh, stopped by and uh, I've, it's been about two weeks since I met you. You yeah. and your lovely yeah. wife came in and yep. so uh, we were in town for my 30th high school reunion. Oh, well, good. I, crazy. My 50th yeah. was this last year. And then, you know, I, I don't know if there's anybody left. <laughs> so that yeah, was out in Los Angeles. So I, I did, didn't make that. Yeah. So well, thank you so yeah. much, pal. Thank oh, you. Right. Appreciate it. Very good. This has been another episode of Stories Behind the Songs, and you've been listening to Randy Davis. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. Make sure to give us a follow on Spotify if you enjoyed this episode and make sure you click that notification button so you can keep notified when new episodes come out. We release brand new episodes every Tuesday and you can find us on YouTube at Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to send us a comment letting us know what you thought of the episodes. We love getting your feedback and share this with your friends. The more we grow, the more that we can keep doing this. It's our mission to bring you all these great stories behind the songs from some of Nashville's most iconic artists and songwriters, publishers, producers, everyone in between, and a lot of my great friends. We love what we do and we love sharing their stories with you. We appreciate all of the continued support. Thanks also to all of our sponsors and we will see you all next week.